The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We are live for the UFC Las Vegas preview show here on MMAfighting.com. As you can see, no bells and whistles. Casey is off for the next couple of days, but we want to do a show anyways. So thank you for joining us. We got a big bantamweight fight, potentially scheduled for five rounds between Piotr Jan and Marab Dwalish Willie. We'll talk about the stakes of that fight and some of the other ones on the card throughout the program. But I am Mike Heck. We got the Prince of Positivity, Alexander K. Lee. Right in the center square, and to the right, the world traveler himself, Jose Youngs. Gentlemen, we got UFC Las Vegas. We're coming off of UFC 285, where the hangover is incredibly real and ongoing. It is still ongoing. We still have a lot of talking points, a lot of storylines coming out of UFC 285. But the good news is we are out of the apex. We have a sort of an enclosed crowd, a intimate setting for this event, AK, but we get a Bantamweight bout with some stakes in the main event. We have a former main event rescheduled for this card. We have a lot of questions in the co-main event. This is not a bad card. Where are we at as far as the gymnastics score goes? Well, listen, I'm going to leave this one to the people, Mike, because oh. thank you for that fine introduction, by the way. I have started a poll already. And I've, I'm not going numerical this time. Let's be a little more creative. So uh, I simply am asking the viewers, how excited are you about the ridiculously named UFC Las Vegas <laughs> on Saturday? Uh, from Obviously from most to lowest uh, top option. I'm peeing myself in anticipation currently at 16%. Good card. <laughs> Leading the way, big time, 60%. Uh, meh card, 20% right now. And uh, you couldn't pay me to watch this at 2%, which I think is good. I, 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 don't, I can't imagine too many people would pick that option. I think it's a... Uh, I don't think it's a bad card at all. So, uh, yeah. So I'm leaving it to the people. I don't really have a gymnastics score for this one. I'm going to throw it to Jose 
Mike, you don't mind me do, taking a little over the hosting. When is <laughs> the last time a card was directly, if ever, was wedged between two pay per views? Like not like like literally three weeks in a row, and the one card, and then and there's a fight night in the middle. I, I have to think never, right? This this can't have happened ever, right? Hmm. Like it's the like it's the cream filling of pay per view Oreo. Yes, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> that's a good question. I'm trying to think of like the last time they were because I guess like was it no because that was back to back and one of them was yeah. an ABC card. Yeah, we, we've had events where there's like a pay per view and then like maybe a gap in between with one fight night and then another pay per view. But I don't know if we've ever had pay per view the next week fight night and the very next week another pay per view. Like I don't think that's. Yeah, because I like we did like the Abu Dhabi one was weird because it was like UFC once two sixty seven to two sixty eight were like back to back weekends, but two sixty seven was a was an ABC card if I remember correctly. I can't think of many Oreo pay per views honestly. Maybe one. Maybe maybe if oh oh man, it's oh this is great. Oh, I'm like doing the. (laughs) It's happening. Browning. Because Browning. So Connor Poirier two was the January was the end of was like mid January end of January and then Usman Burns was the beginning of February. Is that one or was there two weeks in between with an off week? Wow. Okay. Here's what I see. I see Poirier McGregor two January twenty. There. So there was one off week, but that's pretty okay. close. Yeah. But there. Poirier, so there. It was an extra. It was a double stuffed one with a week of nothing. It was it. double stuffed. Okay. Yes. Overeem Volkov in between okay. that. Uh, but yeah, that's probably about as close as we get. Yeah. Wow. What a poll. That's the only yeah. one I can think of. We worked that one out pretty well. Jose just all it'll always come. We'll get an answer within three or four minutes when it comes to I have to I just have to think of I just have to think of what the pay-per-view headliners were and when they happened, and then it's from there it's tough. It's like a process of elimination. Now I'm gonna be thinking about this the whole show. (laughs) So uh let's get into this thing. Jose, we got Piotr Jan versus Marab Duelish really. Piotr Jan back-to-back split decision losses in 2022. First one to Aljamain Sterling in the rematch for the Bantamweight title in Jacksonville. Then he fights Sean O'Malley in Abu Dhabi, UFC 280. Loses another split decision. Seems like most people thought Aljo won the first fight. A lot of people thought Jan won the second fight, but he goes winless in 2022, which was not something a lot of people expected. Now he bounces back, take on Aljamain Sterling's longtime friend and teammate, Marab Dewalish William. Things got a little bit heated at the final stare down today. I don't know if it was a push or a slap or a karate chop to the neck or a hybrid combination of three, but things got heated. There's a lot going on here. Finally, these guys are going to step into the octagon. What are your thoughts on the matchup a little over 24 hours away from it? I mean, this fight rules in every sense of the word. Uh, Marab finally gets his five round fight. Piotr Jan uh, gets a, a highly touted opponent in another five round fight. And there's still, there's still stakes to this. Cause I think a lot of people thought when he lost to Sean O'Malley and I use that in quotes, when he quote unquote lost to Sean O'Malley, uh, that might be it for Jan, uh, for at least a bit. Cause he, at that point, cause then he lost three in a row is the disqualification, the loss to Alzheimer's and then the three round loss to Sean O'Malley. It's either. And then Pierre Jan was like, Oh, I might retire. I might leave the UFC because of ABC. Um, I think maybe fans were, 
because we've seen this a million times in the past, like a really high level fighter goes on a skid and then he's kind of he he can't say no to fights if that makes sense so they try to give him like a lower ranked guy it's like when rda fought brian barbarina or andre muniz fought jacare Souza. like rda and jacare are incredible fighters but because of their their history leading up to that fight they just i don't want to say forced but it was at that point when you can't really say no to what the ufc gives you and obviously it worked out for andre muniz he snapped jacare's arm in half and then rda just kind of beat up Brian Barbaran in Orlando. And then from there, RDA kind of bounce is looking to bounce back into bigger names again. But Jan gets a fight against Marab, who's coming off a win over Josie Aldo. And I think we've said it a few times. Like, can you think of a fighter that won a fight convincingly and had lowered his stock as much as Marab? And I'm not one of those guys that like a win is a win. I view this as a sport, and Marab got a win over a UFC Hall of Famer, a former champion. Good on you. Uh, and now he's fighting a guy in a three-fight losing streak, but it still feels like there's massive stakes where Jan needs to get back into the win column against a guy he very obviously doesn't like. And Marab needs to you know, beat Peter Jan so he can maintain his spot as a possible number one contender, especially with all these big Bantamweight fights coming up. Uh, we really need to keep the top five moving. So this box, this fight checks all the boxes. Incredibly high-level martial arts fight. The storyline is there, considering you know Jan and Marab have bumped into each other. They speak the same language, so they can trash talk in a way that we obviously can't understand. And uh, the winner of this just either maintains themselves as a future number one contender or gets himself right back into the mix, maybe another win away from another title fight. So checks all of the boxes. Also, Bantamweight rules just happens to be the second best weight class. I'm going to say that forever, forevermore. <laughs> this fight is just, this is the true definition of a fight night main event. I love everything about this fight. Yes, I like this fight a lot as well. AK, your thoughts on the matchup? We got Piotr Jan has lost three of his last four, loses, by, loses the title via DQ to Aljo. Then he beats Corey Sanhagen in an incredible fight to win the interim title, loses to Aljo, and then loses to Sean O'Malley. And then Marab Dwalsh really has won eight straight. Where are we at with this one? This is this is a great fight. Yeah, I love it. I mean, we say lost three of the last four. Technically true. You know, there's no question. But I don't think in any of those fights, I guess depending on how people viewed his IQ after, you know, getting disqualified in the first Aljo fight. But, I mean, a lot of people thought he was going to win that fight if it had continued. Um, I know Aljo, I think, was up on one of the cards, I believe. So, you know, it was a competitive fight. But um, I don't think he lost much stock. If anything, I think we remember uh, Aljo taking way more crap for winning the title by DQ than uh, Piotr Jan, you know, taking any uh, any guff for, for losing it in that way. Gets to win over Sanhagen. Amazing fight. Probably one of the forgotten fights of 2021. That fight was so, so good. Uh, second fight with Aljo again. You know, I, I I think he lost, but it was highly competitive. And then the O'Malley fight, another fight could have gone either way, and another amazing fight of the year in 2022. So, I it sounds so weird to say lost three of his last four because in my mind he's still clearly no worse than like the third best bantamweight in the world. Um, now what's what's great is that this is a, another matchup that he could lose the decision. I mean, we're going to get to our official prediction soon, but we're talking about a guy who's on a huge win streak, who stylistically is a nightmare for almost anyone. I'm talking about Amarab, of course. And, you know, with the kind of pressure he puts on, thankfully this is a five-round fight. In a three-round fight, I think I'd favor, uh, I think I'd favor Marab for sure. Uh, but this is a five-round fight. We know Piotr Jan sometimes takes time to get cooking. Uh, so that's, again, what makes this so compelling. I do wish the stakes were a little more clear. 
not that every main event should be based around oh does this person get a teleshot blah blah, blah. It, it doesn't have to be about that i've said this on shows many times if there's a great matchup it should just be appreciated for what it is so so i am going to take this that way i want to see piotr jan and rob fight i don't care if it's for a title or not it's fi- it's five rounds that's fantastic but it does somewhat suck though that we know jan is probably not getting an immediate title shot um Maybe if he knocks Marab out, like does something really sensational, he gets it. He's probably not going to tell a shot off this. And we know Marab is not going to fight Aljo uh, no matter what happens. So like Jose said, they're fighting to keep their spot uh, in the rankings, which is fine because Aljamain Sterling may move up to 145 pounds sometime in the future. He may lose the title to Henry Cejudo. I know a lot of people see that happening uh, when that fight is eventually booked and then Peter Young could certainly fight Henry Cejudo. He could, uh, uh, Marab would certainly fight him. So I, I get it. I, just maintaining your spot is important, but it is kind of weird though that should Aljamain, you know, fight Henry and retain, it kind of leaves both these guys not that much closer to a title shot with a win. So from that aspect, it's a little, it's a little fuzzy to me. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that's the one. I, I love this fight, and sometimes stakes can only take you so far, but. It's just wild to to think about this fight that even if Marab wins, Jose, on an eight-fight win streak, he'll, he'll, he'll have nine wins in a row. Nine wins in a row. He's probably not getting a title shot with a win here. I mean, something insane would have to come would have to happen. He'd probably have to just rifle through Piotr Jan and finish him in, inside of like eight minutes and just do something incredible. Otherwise, do you think he needs still like another win, another two? Like, I know you want to see things play out and it's hard to play the hypothetical game, but I feel like Jan, does Jan need this more? Or does Marab need this more? Jan needs this. Jan needs this more for sure, considering he's lost three in a row. I know the first fight, he like, I think most of us agree Jan was winning. Even Aljamain Sterling has agreed, like, if he doesn't get need in the head while well, he's his knee is down, like, Pure Jan is and still the the bantamweight champion, and then the second fight, I we were both there, Mike. It was very close. I don't remember how I scored it, but I don't remember thinking it was any sort of robbery or anything like that. It was a close fight. Um, if Aljo w- beats Henry Cejudo, whenever that fight happens, I would have to imagine Henry Aljamain Sterling, Sterling goes up to featherweight, considering he just posted that photo uh, or that video clip of him posing with Connor. And he said, maybe I am a featherweight. I just got to, you know, get through so-and-so first. So I think, obviously, he's – and he's been saying it forever. He told me after uh, his win over TJ Dillashaw on, in Abu Dhabi that these weight cuts are getting worse and worse. So uh, I would have to imagine Algermain goes up. Uh, if Henry Cejudo wins, I can't imagine. And then, obviously, and Sean O'Malley is sitting right there. Uh, he gets a title fight regardless. If Cheeto and Corey win, I would have to imagine the winner of that fight gets the title shot against either it's vacant against Sean O'Malley or they they fight the winner of this fight and then the winner of that fights the winner of Henry Cejudo, Sean O'Malley. It's just a lot of things need to play out first. It's Henry Cejudo adding his name into the mix is just caused chaos because the fight we should be getting in May is obviously Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley. Henry Cejudo comes back. This fight, obviously, they wanted this to happen in March. They were laying the grounds for even a vacant or an interim title fight. <sighs> the fact that Sean O'Malley is sitting there waiting for the winner of Algermain Cejudo, even like it's because again, if Cheeto wins, and if because che- everyone wants to see Cheeto and Sean O'Malley too, 
Like, even they want to see that fight. And then I'm not going to say no to Corey Sanhagen versus Sean O'Malley. I'm not going to say no to Corey Sanhagen versus Henry Cejudo either. Like, it's tough. Like, Henry Cejudo has caused chaos, as he does. So, Marab might just have to wait. Or Jan's obviously not getting the title fight next. Jan, you know, and the freaking Adrian Jan is just fighting Rob Font, too. Like, there's so many Bantamweight fights coming up, and I don't quite... And, like, Henry Cejudo has just kind of rifled his way to the top and just caused chaos. He is the... He is the... uh the pebble in the Healy of the world that's skating by. It's a frustrating situation. Well played. It's yeah. I I just feel like if Cheeto wins, he's going to get a title shot. Like what else does this man have to do? He's over like Rover. People want to see it. It's O'Malley's the one like O'Malley, like O'Malley and Sean O'Malley's the next play. He's the biggest star for sure. Star wise. And they're into the star making like Sean O'Malley's getting the title fight next, no matter what. It's just a matter of who he fights. If Aljo wins and goes up and Cheeto wins, they're going to do it for the vacant title. Like, that's a no-brainer. But if Aljo, if Cejudo wins and then he's then, then Sean O'Malley fights and then Cheeto's out of luck. Basically, Cheeto, need, Cheeto needs to win and Aljamain Sterling needs to win for us to get the rematch for the vacant title. I just wish Aljamain Sterling just called out Sean O'Malley right after he beat TJ Dillashaw. It was right there. If you just did it and you cut a little bit of a promo right there and you didn't play the, well, I could eat some Cheetos or I could call out the Sugar Man or maybe even Henry Cejudo or maybe this guy or that guy. We wouldn't even be in this situation right now. And the problem is both, if you go back and watch the post-fight like press conferences for O'Malley and Sterling, I asked Point Blake, I'm like, is this the next fight? And they're like, Oh, bro, I just got in a fight. Uh, I'll think about it and then I'll let you, I'm like, and then I'll say so. I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, just say that's uh, next. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just the big bag of money. And now Aljo's probably not even going to fight Sean O'Malley. I don't know. It's just crazy to think about. But now we're here and there's nothing we can do about it. We can't go back in time. We are here right now. So, AK, do you think the stakes are higher in this fight or the Cheeto Sanhagen fight? Like, if you had to choose between the two, is it easy Cheeto San Cheeto Sanhagen, or do you think the stakes are higher in this one? No, it's like it's like it's like Cheeto Sanhagen, but not by a mile, not by a mile. Um, Cheeto for sure. Listen, of the four guys we're talking about, if he wins, should get a title shot by the end of the year. There's a lot of shoulds. Gosh, I feel like we're saying a lot of shoulds, and I hate that because in a way we're right. I mean, Sean O'Malley should get a title shot. Chudavera, if he beats Corey Sanhagen, should get a title shot. But uh, Sahuda coming back really, really throws a stupid wrench into this uh, this fantastic division. Uh, and I know a lot of people are jazzed up about that fight, and I'm sure I'll be, you know, I'll talk myself into it when it comes to to fight time. Like it's oh cool, like one of the best, you know, one of the best pound for pound fighters um, during his time coming back to fight Aljo. What's not to like, you know? So that aspect, I'll sell myself on it. But then I think about again all these contenders that have been waiting and have been competing and putting on incredibly exciting, not just winning, putting on incredibly exciting fights over the past few years in the absence of Henry Cejudo, who who willingly left, who just walked away, which is his right. Good for him. He wasn't getting the money that, you know, he was probably wanted. And that's fine. Good for him. Um, but it just sucks. He gets to walk back to a shot. So, uh, yes, back back to the question, though. Uh, Cheeto and Sanhagen is more important, probably more so for Cheeto than anyone else. Though I do think there is I do think there is a path uh, for Sanhagen to again to get that title shot as well. Uh, but he's probably even with a win, it just it just doesn't give him an airtight case unless he really just runs through uh, runs through Cheeto. So all all four of these guys we're talking about the two guys fighting on Saturday, 
and uh, Cheeto and Sanhagen, it's not just winning. It's they're, they're, they have to make some sort of statement. I think they, I think the way they perform is going to be important too. If, if guys are just eking out decisions left and right, UFC will be very happy to pass over them um, for, I don't know, for whoever, whoever's waiting in the wings uh, or waiting for another, some, someone else to emerge. Same with whoever has the title. Like they're not going to, if Aljo gets past Cejudo or if Cejudo beats Aljo, neither of those guys is going to be like, oh yeah, bring on the next challenger. Like I want to stay busy. I want to fight four times in 2022, uh, 2023, excuse me. Uh, none of those guys are going to be like that. So this cluster biff at Bantamweight is not going to get cleared up quickly just through activity. Um, guys have to have to really, really make a statement, make themselves undeniable. And again, it sucks because I feel like some have already made that case and just, just didn't get their shot. Well, We'll see which one of these guys gets it done. Piotr Jan, the minus 275 favorite. The comeback on the surging Marab Welsh, really plus 210. Jose, we begin with you. Who ends the night in top, with maybe not the top of the discussion for the Bantamweight title, but at least in the mix? Because one of these guys has got to go. Yeah, uh, will it's... it be Piotr Jan or will it be Marab? I like both guys in terms of what they bring to the table. Um, I'm on record saying... For like the last several Piotr Jan preview shows, like I've done, that the Piotr Jan that fought Corey Sanhagen, I think it's the best bantamweight I've ever seen. That fight was bananas. That was my pick for fight of the year, uh, for twenty twenty one, and I believe it was the number. It came in second on the site, uh, behind Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Fine, that one, that was the winner. The second they even signed the dotted line, I get it. But Corey Sanhagen versus Purion had everything you want in a high-level MMA fight. And the if you go back and watch that fight, it's hard not to just consider Purion the best bantamweight in the world. And yes, Aljermaine Sterling beat him fair and square, took him down, got his back, did all that stuff. I'm not a fan. I'm not. I don't subscribe to the notion that you know of stand-ups and all that stuff. Because if you're a grown man, you can't get a guy off your back in a fight. Then you don't win the fight. Um, so Purion lost that night when Purion is clicking on all cylinders. I do believe he is the best Bantamweight in the world. I'm picking him to beat Marab Davalashvili, who is, a, is, I don't know how many, if you guys have talked about it or Mike, if you've talked about it on Hack of the Morning or anything like that, Marab is not the biggest Bantamweight. So it's to the point where he came in like 134.5, which is obviously 0.5 below championship weight. He didn't even use the one pound grace that Purion, I think he came 136. Marab is not the biggest guy. The Jose Aldo fight was frustrating in the sense that he just kind of controlled Jose Aldo. He didn't do much damage, which, again, he won the fight fair and square. I'm not saying that Aldo won. I think Marab won fair and square. I just think Peter Jan is an incredibly violent fighter. He is incredibly well-rounded. Dustin Poirier is on record on the MMA Hour saying he thinks that Peter Jan might be the best all-around boxer in all of MMA. I think Peter Jan gets it done. I don't think he'll finish Marab. I think Marab gets touched a lot, as we saw in the Marlon Moraes fight. He was, if they stop, I'll ask both of you, if, if they stopped that Marlon Moraes fight at some point when, you know, Marab was on Bambi legs, I don't think any of us would have complained about a bad stoppage. But the ref no. didn't stop it, and Marab won. But that's Marlon Moraes. And tale as old as time, Marlon Moraes is winning until he's not. Uh, so I just think Pierre, with all that in mind, I think Peter Jan gets it done. I'm not picking a finish. I don't know how he gets it done. I just see Peter Jan getting back into the win column because this has, is there a fight with worse luck than Peter Jan knee, knees Aljo in the face gets, gets his belt taken away. A lot of people think Peter Jan won the second fight. I don't, I don't know how you guys feel. And then 
almost everybody I talk to thinks he beat Sean O'Malley. So in an alternate reality, that's not too far off in the multiverse. Peter Jan is defending his title for like the third time right now. You know, it's tough to be a, a Peter Jan fan knowing what he can do. I'm also obviously a fan of Marab. I just think Peter Jan gets it done. And a lot of people thought he beat Magomed Magomedov uh mm-hmm. ACB too. So like True. splitty, splitty, splitty DQ. That's his loss. He could be uh he could be an undefeated cat. Yep. There's an argument to be made. AK, where are we at here? Who who gets this done? Will it be the big favorite Piotr Jan or will Marab Walsh really make it nine straight? Yeah, it's it's funny you guys mentioned the decisions though, because at some point, is that just bad luck? Is that just questionable judging, or is there something he's not doing? Um, you know, that is that is causing him to to lose decisions again i i I would have been fine with him winning the old maya decision i've written about that fight i've talked about that fight ad nauseum i thought both guys had a case so i do think he did enough there uh aljo i i don't think he did enough in that second fight um and i've actually never watched i will say i've never watched the mega meta the mega mega meta fight i plead ignorance there i know he won the rematch uh but i did not see the first fight so i don't know the, the circumstances there but and, and that is my concern here as well, is I do think it's going to go the distance. And Marab is just such a weird, funky, nasty fighter sometimes. He, there's so much pressure. And Piotr Jan deals with pressure great normally. Don't get me wrong. He, he gets taken down, sure. Um, he gets hit sometimes. But usually over the course of 25 minutes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tilt in his favor. So that is the big factor for me. I think uh, Piotr Jan is somewhat fortunate. This wasn't like a co-main event or a, a main card fight last week. Or on the on, on the London card, because I think if this was a three rounder, the chances really really increase from Rob to just like get busy early, just go nuts early, land you know start landings and stuff before Piotr Jan can really figure him out. Because um, I think Piotr Jan will figure him out sometime late in the second round, and then through rounds three, four, and five, you know start to pull away in the cards. I I, I just think he's I I shouldn't say I think. I know when it comes to the mixing of the martial arts, I know Piotr Jan is, is the better fighter. Not by like a huge margin, but he is better. I, I really, really confidently feel, again, one of the three best bantamweights in the world, like Jose said, could easily be the UFC champion right now. There, there's nothing that happened in this past, in, in this, you know, three out of four losses that tells me like, oh, well, he's, he's, he's declining. He, he's, he's up, he's, he, these are bad matchups. No, he, he really was very close to winning all these fights. Uh, close only counts in horseshoes, yes. But uh, in this case, I expect him to uh, throw the horseshoe right near the pole thing. And the... so anyway, that whole uh, metaphor got away from me. But uh, I've never played horseshoes. Peter <laughs> uh, Young by unanimous decision. Bocce ball, too. <laughs> I, I yeah, never. I don't know. <laughs> what's, the, what's the sport with the brooms? They play up. Oh, curling. There we go. Curling. Curling. Same yeah. thing. Right. Get the rock right in there. Have you ever done that, AK? Have you of ever course. curled? Oh, yeah. He's I was going to say, it's so bro. fun. It's so fun. I mean, I I figured it would be a lot of Edmonton fun. Um, kick rocks on record. <laughs> I'm going Pierre on by decision as well. Mm-hmm. I it could, I could be completely wrong. Uh, I don't have a good read on this fight. I really don't. I think Jan is just a little more well-rounded here. He's clearly the better striker. He actually has pretty good takedown defense. I know Sterling got him down a couple of times and was able to kind of just be on top of Piotr for long periods of time. And that was the big, biggest difference in that fight in Jacksonville. But all in all, his, his takedown defense is pretty damn good. And if Marab can't get him down and just keep spamming takedowns on him, it's going to be a tough night for him. So I do think this is competitive. And I think Piotr Jan's going to win. I just think he's the better 
all around fighter and I think he gets it done. But if Marab goes out there, wins a 48-47, I wouldn't be stunned. Wouldn't be stunned at all. But if this goes to a splitty and most people think Jan wins and then it goes to Marab, it's just going to be one of those weird moments. Just another, oh, another one, another one. But great fight. Can't wait to see what happens and see what the discussion is like next week heading into UFC 286. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Other main card fights, we have Alexander Volkov versus Alexander mm -hmm. Romanov. That is the co-main event. We have Nikita Krylov, Ryan Spann, supposed oh, to be a main event. Jose, what, does, what happens to the loser of the Alexander-Alexander fight? Oh, great question. They become... Am uh... <laughs> <sighs> be careful. You don't want to offend anyone here. You got to be careful. This, we got a lot of people with a lot of different names watching this show. We don't want to hurt uh, anyone's feelings. They get their name changes to Ampersand. A cool name. I know. That is the why, monkey. Why, why the last man? man? Yeah, why, <laughs> that's a cool name. Uh, okay. So you want to change it to the winner? You want to change it to the winner? Okay, it's the Ampersand. Winner? The winner becomes Imagine. Ampersand Volkov or Ampersand Rock. <laughs> well, not, wow, man. Rock, great Rock, fight. All right. Great names. Yes. Great fight. All right. Let's see if Romanov's cardio can go past four and a half minutes. That's that's the biggest question I have in True. this fight. Nikita Krylov, Ryan Spann, that was supposed to be a main event a couple weeks ago. Now we're getting it for three rounds. By the way, a, a point of contention about the Jan Demrab fight as well, small cage. We get the small cage. We're out of the mm. apex, but it's the small cage. So 
maybe that could affect how you betters out there are going to place your wagers, but it will be the small apex cage, but it'll just be inside a different building. So keep that in mind. Uh, Cryoff span, we get Saeed Nurmagomedov versus the silence behind the violence. Jonathan Martinez and AK. Vitor Petrino is fighting who to kick off this now five-fight main card? Oh, I think you're asking about Anton Dracali, better known as the Pleasure Man. <laughs> Why is your name that? Okay, so someone asked him this. It sounds like the answer changed. It sounds like the answer changed. In an interview I had seen earlier, I think around his first UFC fight, he had said something like uh, it was based on he he thinks it was based on a TV show, like some sort of uh, some sort. Where's he? He's Swedish, right? He's a Swedish man. Uh, some sort of Swedish TV show, and like you know, roughly translates to like the Pleasure Man. But this week, he's straight up. Uh, the clip was put out there by shoutouts and Mania who put the clip out there. I'm not sure who asked the question this week. He straight up said, I, I was always a nice man growing up and they used to call me the pleasure boy. Ugh. And now I've grown up and I've become the pleasure man and I'm here to pleasure the fans. And I was like, <laughs> I, yes. I hate that sentence. So I love, I'm like, oh. yes, that is what the Nick, thank you. I'm like, that is what the nickname should. That is a much more satisfying explanation for the nickname uh, Anton, because it is a pleasure man. To watch this guy fight. Oh, I you want the you. you want the comma in there. So sometimes I like the comma, sometimes I don't. This Anton, is great about the pleasure, man. Comma, yeah. man. All right, it's been I a pleasure, it. man. Yeah, it's great stuff. Do you like that one better than Brandon Royval's? Be- better than Brandon Royval. Better than Julian Arosa. We don't need to say those nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot how much disdain you have for Julian Arosa's nickname too. I thought it was just it was just Brandon Royval. So. Jose, of, of the other main card fights that I just read off, um, which one intrigues you more? Is it the, the co-main event, the Alexander matchup? Is it Krylov Span finally happening? Is it the Bantamweights? Where, which main card fight stands out to you the most outside of the main event? I mean, Span Krylov has the most at stake in terms of like title contention, especially if Ryan Span wins. Uh, how much like he because he's coming off the KO of Dominic Reyes, he submitted Ian Kutzlob, and the only ones he's lost to have been Johnny Walker and Anthony Smith, who are about to fight. Um, so Ryan Spann is an interesting cat. I really like his team. Nikita Krylov is never in a boring fight unless he fights Johnny Walker for some reason, which is bizarre. It's tough, it's, it's between that fight and the Bantamweight fight, but since I'm already talking about the light heavyweights i'll just say that or the the quote-unquote 215ers the catch weights it's got to be that i guess considering that fight was earmarked that that fight was supposed to be a main event uh so to the point where the the ufc obviously sees something in in this matchup in terms of like future matchups down the road so i would i would probably say that i'm very curious to see how these two look you know cutting weight so close together that usually doesn't really work out yes it's 215 uh but you know, I was like, I was very much looking forward to that fight the first time. Ryan Span won me over a lot when he fought in New York. Um, I know, I know he's a lot, a lot of people in our industry seem to think he's a difficult interview uh, because he doesn't really like to open up or he just kind of gets agitated real quickly. Uh, and we quickly learned at Media Day that he doesn't like talking to people if he doesn't know their name. So if you watch Media Day and the post fight press conference, every time we asked a question, we would introduce ourselves. I would say, oh, Jose. Okay. I would say, Jose, and he would say, appreciate you. And then he would start to talk a lot. So he kind of won me over. He got, he opened up a lot because, and then if you watch like 
our our mutual friend Nolan King was like Nolan right here, and then like John Morgan, like Oscar Willis. We they, everyone said their name before their questions, and then Ryan Spen actually opened up. Uh, Nikita Krylov is an incredibly violent man. He's either going to die or he's going to kill someone unless your name is Johnny Walker, and then that fight is terrible. I'll let AK remember that fight because I'm pretty sure he 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 was hyped on that fight. It just didn't work out. So uh, that that 215 or catchweight fight, uh, I think, is is very fascinating. Yep, it's a good it's it's a good but one. But we're just Obviously, talking about the we're just talking about the main card, right? Because there's a lot of prelim fights. I'm very excited about. Oh yeah, Anton weights. Okay, we'll go, we'll go a little key bang. We'll go a little key banger next. But AK, so what, what other? Which one is it? The one pleasure other, man? Is that the one, one that stands out the most? Because Vitor Petrino and the pleasure man. I need guys. I need this. I need Anton Tokali to get it. Listen, I've got two great online gimmicks going right now. The Anton Tokali Pleasure Man stuff. Okay, I've cornered the market on that right now. I think. I think I'm pretty, pretty like in the top 1% of North American Pleasure Man fans. And the uh, Dante Shiro uh, in Bellator, the Dante Shiro Taylor Swift anti-hero jokes I've had. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That I don't know if we're going to see that guy fight in Bellator again. But I, so I kind of lost that one. I need the Pleasure Man to get a win because I, I think he still gets another chance. He kind of did them a solid, like jumping into the the buzzsaw of uh, Jelton Almeida on short notice for his debut. So I think even if he loses, he's going to get another shot. This Vitor Petrino cat's pretty good. Uh, I think the odds are fairly even. It's not like he's. It's not like the Almeida fight where he's walking in and he's like a minus. Uh, sorry, like a plus whatever five million underdog. Uh, I think it's almost like a pick 'em. So that's a good sign. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm obviously very intrigued by the main card fight. But um, yeah, well, I do want to talk about the prelims, Mike, uh, Mike and Jose. Uh, Bantamweights. We got bantamweights. Lots of bantamweight so fights. Uh, I'm I'm with the Alexander fight. I, I just I'm very yeah. very fascinated by Alexander Romanov. I was wondering what he was going to look like today at the weigh-ins because he looks like he got a big old bag of trim. Yeah, he put all that that weight back on. He got all shredded and and slim, and now he's back to like just under the heavyweight limit. So very. We'll see how that cardio holds up. I don't know. Maybe he just feels like he's going to get Volkov out of there quick, which is a pretty tough ask, but we shall see what goes on there. But I, I just, I was so high on Alexander Romanov heading into that Tybora fight. I really was. And then the car, he just gassed out. It should have been a draw, by the way. I went and rewatched that fight this week. That should have 1000% been a draw. That was a 10, eight first round for me, but that is neither here nor did there. You so him? did you see him at the weigh-ins today? He looks big. He He's put all beefy, that weight back on. Beefy beef boy. He looks like a bag of soup <laughs> Listen, with arms and legs. Slimming down isn't for everybody, all right? He's looking like a beefy beef boy again. He he weighed under 240 for the Tiburf. No. No, no, no. That's not where you want to be. He's back up at 264.5 as of this morning, probably pushing 270 by the time he steps into the cage and has a, has a big meal and steps into the cage. So... Uh, this is the this is the Alexander Romanov we want to see. You don't like hearing the term Juicy J, but you can say Beefy Beef Boy. That's not even, <laughs> I just, what's that? Not even I don't I don't see anything similar. Right. The Pleasure Definitely. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as you may have noticed, uh, I ran off five main card fights. It means we were missing one from yesterday because we had a massive weight miss by Ricardo Hamos. Mm-hmm. Yes, almost an entire weight class. Weighed in for a featherweight fight. What was the weight, AK? 154? 154, 154 for a 145. Eight pounds. Now, fight is obviously off. But go ahead, AK. We've all, I think we've all cracked our jokes. You know, some of his weight is fine. You need, you're going to poke fun. Let's, let's first say he probably came closer. 
I would imagine. I imagine he came closer and then at some point was told, like, hey, you know what? Just forget it. You're not going to make it. He must have, maybe he got to like 148 or 147 or something. And they were like, you know what? You're not even going to come close. Just rehydrate. It's just not healthy for you. At that point, I would say, why even weigh in? I would just withdraw. I don't know if they thought maybe he gets the scale and it's a, he gets a generous reading and still gets to fight or gets some sort of partial pay because I, I imagine he doesn't. Um, so that was very strange. Uh, I guess it's always best just step to the scale. But I, again, I, they had to know the fight was going to be canceled. There, there is no, I don't think, Jose, you would know better than me, of course. I don't think there's any uh, mandatory uh, Las Vegas, like if you miss by a certain amount. I was, I was remembering the Alexa Grasso fight, but that yeah, was Yeah, that's happened that in the no, that was in Vegas. Vegas. That, that was, was Vegas. that was Alexa Grasso and Claudia. That was the McGregor Cowboy oh, card. Okay, that wasn't Vegas. Okay. Um. So like in the past, obviously they said like five six pounds or whatever, but so I don't. But I have. That's the last I've really heard of it. Yeah. So I assume because we just saw. But, but at the, I think yeah. I think, and I don't remember if this is true. I think Claudia weighed in first. So she made like one fifteen, and then mm-hmm. like, and then Alexa Grosso came in and came in at like one twenty. So okay. then, because of, at that point it's not a catchweight fight or whatever, it's like you yeah. just missed a bunch of weight. So yeah. like lately, since then, I've seen a lot more people like their weight. If they hear their opponent struggling, they'll weigh in second. If that makes sense. Well, this time, yeah. so. I don't know if that so this time uh Hamos was the last person to weigh in. Mm, so uh, Austin Lingo had already weighed in. Yeah, I don't know I don't know what he was thinking. And again, the other thing I always want to say in these circumstances, we maybe there was some personal things that went down, some real health issues. So, you know, we want to we don't want to poke too much fun. You guys can make your your uh Ricardo Hamos jokes, but I I don't know the circumstances. It looks bad, obviously, it looks bad. I'm not making excuses for him ahead of time. I don't know the story. It could just be listen, lack of discipline, just completely just boofed it but um you know until the, the facts come out i'm sure i have a feeling our own gear made cruise will, will get on that sooner rather than later um i don't want to poke too much fun because that's a really bad that's really bad like that to me says something went wrong you know yeah because if you remember the alexa grosso fight uh-huh. that was the fight that fell out and then we gave but before the fight was pulled we gave brian kelleher his crystal and then he got bumped up to the main card oh, and yes. got a bonus. So, yeah. and that began AK's love of the crystals. I forgot to factor that in. That's right. And I can't even yeah. I can't even refute this because I did recently purchase from uh, shout out to Crystal Council. I did recently have to do a purchase from them mm-hmm. for uh, Valentine's Day. So mm-hmm. uh, I can't even say crap about it. Uh, the other thing people were asking about Jared Gooden, who missed mm-hmm. weight by six pounds, and that was my headline. I was you know I'm working on the weigh in recap, and I'm like, oh, that's the headline right there. Jared Gooden missed by six pounds. Uh, why that fight's going through, I'm not entirely sure. Again, that's a huge amount. Why he missed, we know. He's stepping in on three days' notice. Um, he's fighting Carlson Harris. Carlson Harris was supposed to fight, uh, ironically, someone who, uh, uh, who uh, not ironically, coincidentally, someone who Jared Gooden fought in his first UFC run, Abubakar Nurmagomedov. Um, so uh, Jared, Jared Gooden stepping in for him on three days' notice. This is a situation where I wish they had just made this a catch weight once the contract yeah. was signed. Very bizarre. However, we kind of know why, because you make it a catch weight. Well, guess what? Uh, you don't get the person's money. So it sounds like Carlson Harris was like, fine. I don't care what he weighs at. Because he did end up getting 30% of Jared Gooden's pay. The whole thing is a little is a little icky. Uh, I'm not, again, don't want to make excuses for, excuse for Jared and his team. They signed the contract. They should have definitely made a better effort to make the weight. But to have a guy come in and save the fight, and then he gets busted 30% is like, 
It's a little, it's a little rough. Was, a little rough. Was, was Jared Gooden in camp or whatever for like another? Because no, I know he, this was his first. Because he, he just, just had a fight. He, he just had a fight. fight. Yeah. yeah. yeah that I, was a I, tournament I, fight, right? So I don't know how quickly the, they were turning him around. I also don't know what weight. I, was that a welterweight? He fought the Marcus. It was a welterweight. It was a welterweight fight. And I believe it was, it was what, the UFL? Because that was in, that was in Arizona. That was in Arizona. There you go. Uh, yes, United Fight League one. Uh, very wild. If any find the clip at the ending of that fight, very wild, bizarre mm-hmm. fight where Demarcus Jack is completely gassed and just like almost falls in his face instead of getting knocked out. It's weird. Uh, but yeah, so that's if you're wondering why one fights at the other, one didn't. The circumstances were very different, though. I am a little surprised that the Gooden fight didn't also get canceled just because such a such a huge weight miss. But uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what the commission's policy was on that. Yeah, maybe maybe it still is six pounds, like a six pound five or six pounds. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe. I don't know. But yeah, because I remember reading Aldana and Macy Chiesa was one of those things. Like Aldana got the phone call. Macy was going to miss. They moved, They made it a catch weight. They agreed upon it. And then Macy weighed in first. And then Aldana weighed in second. Aldana was like 139 and a half. And they bumped it to a 140. So yeah, there we go. But maybe Ricardo Hamos is like, you know what? Most people don't love the six fight main cards. So maybe I'll just do everybody a solid here and I'll mm-hmm. just miss weight by a lot and let's cancel the fight. So, I mean, just an unselfish man that, that Ricardo Hamo. So <laughs> I hope Ricardo's uh, okay. Ricardo, I hope, I hope too. everything is fine with you personally and, uh, and, and, you know, financially and everything mentally. Uh, and then we can just make fun of you for missing weight because I hope everything's all right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yes. Uh, last thing. And then we'll take a few questions from the peeps. Low key banger. We got some good prelims too, Jose. What's the, what's the low key banger. Or if you want to run off a couple that stand out to you. I mean, the answer is Hafel Asuncao and Davy Grant. <laughs> I mean, Davy Grant has never been in a boring fight ever. Uh, like how many, how, he had like what, four or five performance bonuses in a row, like two fight of the nights, a couple performance of the nights. Uh, the Adrian Giannis fight was a split. He fought Cheeto Vera. Like he's beaten Jonathan Martinez, who's above him. And then how you don't get the bonus after just melting Luis Smolka, like he did in his last fight, unless I, unless there was something weird going into that fight. I'm not, I don't quite remember, but Davy Grant is never in a boring fight. Uh, Rafael Asuncao is finally back into the win column beat. Uh, obviously Casey's good friend and I don't know if they still train together, but uh, former or current training partner, Victor Henry. Um, but before that, he was what, what four in a row he had lost like to Marlin. I know Corey Sanhagen was in there. Cody Garbrandt decapitated him. Ricky Simone. These are like the upper echelon of the Bantamweight division. And at one point in time, everything we said about Tony Ferguson winning all those fights in a row, everything we've said about Marab winning all those fights in a row, Leon winning all these fights in a row and not getting the title shot. Like, Rafael Asuncio, at one point in time, TJ Dillashaw was the Bantamweight champion of the world. Rafael Asuncio had a win over him and had won like seven, eight in a row and for some reason just wasn't getting the title shot. And then eventually he rematched TJ Dillashaw after TJ had lost and TJ just tore through him. And then already, and then Asuncio has wins over Aljamain Sterling, got the revenge over Marlon Moraes, beat Rob Font. Like, Rafael Asuncio is low-key, has one of the best resumes in the division in terms of wins and losses of who he's lost to and actually who he's beat. And then Davy Grant has never been in a boring fight in his entire life. That's the, that is the answer. There's great fights on the card. Like I'm very excited to see Mario Bautista back in there. I'm like Arnold Lipsky, JJ Alders are probably fighting for their jobs. Like Tyson Nam is an exciting cat. Tony Gravely is an interesting individual, but like if we're asking what's the low key banger, 
Hoffella Sunsound and Davy Grant should be on the main card because that fight rules. Okay. Which yours? I'm going to stick with the bantamweights and I'm going to stick again with a, in the 40 plus range because I am fascinated by the Mara Bautista Ninja Kennedy matchup. Uh, I have counted out Guido Kennedy many, many times and, and, for, and for the most part, like not been wrong, but he's coming off back to back finishes. Yes, against guys who are no longer in the UFC, and it's not like they were, you know, they were world beaters in the UFC. But Randy Costa, pretty talented guy. Uh, Chris Moutinho, very tough, and he put both those guys away in the first round. Um, he's forty-three. This guy was on the same, I believe, he was on the same Ultimate Fighter season as Yair Rodriguez, right? This guy's a. Oh no, no, no. This is. Yes, 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 yes. He's a, he's an Ultimate Fighter Latin America original. Um. And I'm really listen. He's being set up here to again to I would think uh, be a quality win for Mario Batista. Mario Batista definitely one of the up and comers in 135. You know, someone they don't they don't want to launch him against top 20 opponents yet, which is fine. But he's he's getting there. You know, he beats uh, Guido Canetti. There's not a lot more for him to do except start um, you know challenging top 20 competition and making his way towards a title shot. But man, you just you can't count some of these guys out. Again, uh, Asun Sao, uh, you know, I I I'm picking him to beat Davy Grant, and I'm certainly picking Bautista to beat Guido Canetti. But I don't know. I'm fascinated to see how these guys perform. Uh, Guido is an, is, an, is an amazing shape for a 43 year old guy, very talented guy, and uh, seeing him actually like string together UFC wins is like inspiring in a way. So uh, I do love that matchup. But um, uh, Jose mentioned uh, the Tyson Nam Bruno Silva fight, the little Bruno Silva, not uh, Blindado Silva. And let me tell you something. I we don't. This isn't. This isn't no bets barred. But that's a flyweight under if I've ever seen one. Yep. Oh, that's a yeah, flyweight exactly. under. That is 100%. the lock. That is if you're a believer in flyweight unders, always hitting. <laughs> I mean, you keep that train rolling. This is not going past the middle midway of the second of the second round. Someone's going down. Someone's completely. Going down. If you watch fight. that fight, I believe Tyson Nam's last fight was the Ode Osborne fight. If I remember correctly, I was at that fight in San Diego when Ode Osborne throws whatever attack he throws tyson nam gets the biggest smile on his face (laughs) and then he's just like death just like (laughs) just melted because he's like yeah we drilled this a thousand times and then when it happened i just couldn't help but smile so he was like smiling as he just took away ode osborne's consciousness it was a sight to behold yeah, Tyson is get or get got all the way, oh, yeah. which which I appreciate. And Bruno Silva's kind of that same way too. AK, uh Davy Grant only a minus one forty against Javier Sunso. So you might be happier to know that plus one fifteen. Mara Batista, minus eleven hundred against Guido Canetti, plus six fifty. Uh, what, what do you think uh, about that? That's powerful stuff. Guido's hand. <laughs> I'm not rooting yeah. for any. I have no rooting interest. I like I like Mario Bautista a lot too. I know I've, I spent that whole thing talking about uh, Ninja Kennedy, but you know he's just been around longer. I've just gotten somewhat attached to him in his story. But I mean, I think Mario Bautista again is a probably if things keep going as scheduled, will definitely be in our rankings top 15. Of, again, one of the toughest divisions in all of MMA by the end of the year, uh, and 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 we'll probably one of those guys who's sticking around there for a while. Whether whether he fights for a title or not, whether he becomes like top five, I think he's going to be top 15, top 10 for like a long time. Really, really talented kid. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a little crazy. I'm a, almost any any UFC fight, someone getting like minus one thousand. If we're not talking like a title fight, if we're not talking, I don't know, it's it or someone, some some super hyped newcomer like a Bo Nickel situation. But listen, the 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 the, the numbers say what they say. It's twenty nine year old guy. It's a forty three year old guy. It's a guy who's an up and comer. It's a guy who's theoretically, you know, 
I don't, I don't want to say on his way out. He just won two fights, but has to be closer to the end of his career than the beginning. The odds are are what they are. I think I I, I think it's a little ludicrous. <laughs> but uh, listen, if you're trying to get people to bet on on Guido Canetti, I'm sure this is the best way to create action. So there you go. I also love the Saeed Nurmagomedov Jonathan Martinez fight. The fight is tremendous yes. and oh, so really good fight. <clears throat> really, really good fight. Saeed's really good. Jonathan Martinez, those leg kicks are Very just nasty. Good. Those factory X leg kickers, man. Him and Chris Gutierrez just leg kicking the hell out of each other on a daily basis. And now we're going to see those two fight tomorrow. The silence behind the violence trying to keep his streak alive. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, we'll take uh, we'll take a few questions. Questions. Throw them in here. Throw them in here. How's the poll looking, AK? Uh, most people settled on good. It didn't change too much. Fifty-seven um, percent saying good cards. Sixteen percent say they're peeing themselves in anticipation. That to me sounds more like a medical issue than the quality <laughs> of a statement about the quality of the cards. So I would get that checked out, but I do admire the enthusiasm. Somehow five percent doing that. You couldn't pay me to watch this. Come on, guys. Come on, don't tell me you'll be watching some other event that's going on in Las Vegas, some other Zufa event that day instead. Let's not let's not go there. Uh, but yeah, 57%, good card. I'm, I'm with that. All right. AK, let's start with you, and then Jose, you can answer after. On BT, This is from BTL, uh, and I believe No Bets Bart as well. Do you agree with Jed's claim that this card proves 135 pounds is not the best division in the UFC? Because there's five Bantamweight fights on the card and people are not losing their minds over it. Who did Jed pick to win in the Coleman event last weekend? <laughs> what are we talking about here? That's my answer. Do people ever lose their minds over like no. a certain amount? Over a fight night? No. No, no, even, even a certain amount. Would someone go like, wow, there's four lightweight fights? I, that doesn't, that's not a thing. But I think his point, his point was if we did... If we took all the bantamweight fights off and we replaced them with lightweight fights, guys around the same rankings would be oh, lightweight would w- lightweight would be has way more stars than bantamweight. Oh yeah, 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 that's yeah. for sure. Name value, right. big time, big time. That 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 was the big thing. Yeah, like I if we it. if we replaced all the ranked people, like if we replaced the bantamweight rank guys with, with lightweights that are of the same ranking, would people be more excited for the card? And People probably would be, if we're being honest. In terms of skill level, I'm not going to argue that Bantamweight is the most skilled division. But in terms of like what gets, what gets people up, and what if there's a balance of like skill level to hype, lightweight all day, like Bantamweight skill to hype, it's like very skewed towards skill. Yeah. 
Should the winner of Jan versus Murad be ready just in case something happens where they can't get Aljo versus Cejudo confirmed for UFC? Guys, that fight's happening. Okay. Also, it's be happening. ready for be ready for what to fight. Anybody, is maybe not, O'Malley, is, maybe oh, O'Malley, maybe, maybe okay. Cejudo. Okay, okay. I, I'm just I need to remind. Murad is not going to fight Aljo. It's, nope. Unless you pay both guys fifty million dollars, maybe. I but still don't think they'll fight each other. They 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 are really really close friends. They have not even hinted that they would want to fight each other. It's just, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, I com- I completely agree. Maybe I mean maybe you never know, but it's it's happening. Trust me, we've talked to both sides. It's happening. Maybe the ink hasn't dried yet, but all. I think I, they I think were waiting to see where the card was going to happen before, because mm. you can't really give anyone a contract if they don't have a location set in stone yet. But now that's the yeah. thing. So I'm sure it's any day now. Yeah. And I think fighting in New Jersey is probably like the best thing for Aljo, because he's always talked about not wanting to fight in New York for certain commission reasons. And New Jersey's about a 30 minute drive from New York city. So boom, he's right there. And this is close to a hometown fight as he's going to get. So did Gravely miss weight today? No. Um, I mean, we might as well bring this up, but this has nothing to do with it. Uh, Dana White declaring war in the MMA media. Do you think it comes from the slapping his wife off? I don't think it comes from that, but more of this AK has to come how, with the... How could it be... Hold on. How could it be based yeah. on the slapping his wife off? We were critical, but my goodness, if the, the media could not... that listen, listen, that whole incident, if it's any other sport... We're still talking about it today. We're still talking about today. That that he he is treated so much with kid gloves. Mike, you and I, we were trying to be as objective as possible. Obviously, we're super disgusted by the incident. We're we're not. Fa- I, I don't want to speak for you. I'm not a fan of the man by any stretch. But anytime we talked about how that situation was handled by him in the UFC, we always did like a like a to hit to the UFC's credit to their credit. Uh, this statement, blah, blah blah. Like we couldn't have been more. I think even handed, maybe even not critical enough. Maybe even not critical enough. So I, I, if he's, if he has some, I don't know, beef with the media about how they handled the uh, the New Year's Eve uh, situation with his wife, uh, that's in, that's insane. He's an insane person, uh, and that's that's I can't. I would hope that's not the issue, but I don't know. Jose, you have to deal with this guy more more often than than the rest of us. So I don't know. What do you got to say? Um, I mean, it's tough because like if Roger Goodell does does this, it's not even remotely similar because Roger Goodell is the commissioner of a league and. Dana White is the president and like he has stake in this industry, like the the specific company. If there was a mixed martial arts commissioner, that would be different. Um, I mean, Don King is still allowed to walk in public and that man did. It's going to sound bad. That man did far worse things than what Dana White did. Did Dana White do something bad without question? It's disgusting. This is just it's a promoter and he's in charge of the promotion. So if he's in charge of the punishment, this is what we get. Um, but I think like what AK said, I I just I don't even like we handle it as evenly as possible. Maybe even we should have been more harsh. But in terms of me and I want to speak for you guys, I don't even like Dana's not even really in my peripheral vision. Like I don't really like when I'm covering MMA, like I don't really think about it. Like he's just, he's he's the guy that answers questions at the end of the press conferences. But like, I'm like, I'm there to like at the press conference, like it's clearly the five fighters up on stage that I'm thinking about. Like if Dana stays or goes, I don't lose sleep over it. Like I just, I don't think about the man. 
I'm just there yeah. to cover what's happening inside the octagon. His war against the media is about like the slap fight league because we're not covering it. That's what it is. And like other people wrote negative things and Dana has this ability to turn everybody against the media as a whole mm. for anybody writing a negative thing about it. Mm -hmm. Like if former WWF wrestler, Chris Davitsky, Chris Dewinsky, who is a like head trauma specialist now, essentially yeah. CTE, all that writes a bad thing for a, an article for the New York times. All the media is, is lumped into that one thing. So that's why he gets all mad. We just, we like, we don't cover it because it's, it's not for us. We're not going to cover the power slap thing. Um, and, and he likes to call this thing. Well, this is exactly like the UFC where the media and everybody was against us and we proved them wrong. The media was not against you back then. The media wasn't against you. In fact, the media kept your business alive in, until the ultimate fighter happened. Mm -hmm. The sure dogs of the world, all those old school MMA websites without even, the media, there is no UFC. It's dead. It is but gone. Like even, but like, this is also like, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of fight fans that either became fans during the Connor era and the Ronda era or became fans during the pandemic. You guys remember Loretta Hunt? Like this is nothing yes. new. This is not yeah. anything new. So it's like Josh Gross. What if too. I told you? What if I told you tomorrow, Mike and AK, that the sun is going to rise? You're going to write an article about it? Probably <laughs> not, because yes. it just it. This is nothing new. This happens. Yeah. Like it's nothing yeah, new. Like when well, if he goes after me, and I'm like, okay, like I'm still going to cover yeah. the sport. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We're like, why are you calling? Why are you? Why are you declaring war on the MMA media for not covering slap fight? Declare the war on slap fight media because that's who covers slap fight. Is there, <laughs> not slap, us. Is there, slap, not is us. there slap fight media? There should be. Like if you're uh, looking to some. make a name for yourself in the space of combat I, sports, that's probably a good direction to go. And, and I was right about I was right about the slap fight league from the beginning. It's a terrible idea for television, but it is yeah. a great idea for social media. Like yeah. that's where you make your money. Them being on TBS was a terrible business Horrible. decision. Horrible. It was awful. There was no way this is going to do well. 220,000 viewers for the go-home show before a pay-per-view is horrendous. It should never be on television. Throw it on YouTube. Rumble is a great – and that's smart. Getting it on Rumble and doing two years on Rumble is brilliant. That's where it should be. And it should be on social media. The clips are going to do well because people are going to be scrolling through. Oh, what is this? Oh my God, someone just slapped the shit out of somebody else. And the target audience is social media. And you know what else is great? Bars. Drunk people love power slap as well. I, we did testing, watched about 100 drunk people in the bar. And when someone slapped the other dude over, woo, they were so excited about it. Of course, drunk people are going to watch it. Like, you're fine. It took you a year, but you figured it out. Now you got the right target audience for it. Just keep shoving it down their throats and the problem is the other thing i want to say before we wrap this part of it up this whole thing of well for the last 10 years slap fighting has been a thing but the media members didn't say anything about it do you want to know why because we were allowed to avoid it when this whole thing started we couldn't avoid it if we tried we tried to avoid it you shoved it down our throats so much that it couldn't go away. People are just like, oh, I want to go to UFC.com and see what time the main card starts tomorrow. You know what they're inundated by? Power slap promos everywhere. Oh, there's a flash there. There's a flash there. There's a giant banner. You have to scroll down for 45 seconds before you can get to the damn fight card. 
to watch the stupid show on TBS that nobody's going to watch because being on cable television was a stupid ass idea to begin with. So I don't understand what the war against MMA media is for power slap. It's so stupid. It frustrates me. Like Mike, AK, if Dana White started a baseball league, would we cover it? No, I would. No, No. probably not because it's not MMA. That's right. Although a Dana White baseball league would be pretty interesting. I would love it. I would honestly love it so much. If they implemented I would, some combat sports. If, if, they, if, if they took, uh, oh man, MLB Slugfest, the game, <laughs> if they made that an actual sport, I would quit MMA fighting to cover that without question. Especially if they actually incorporated the Tom Fooler of like lighting your hands on fire and getting in a fist fight at first uh-huh. base. I'm there for it. <laughs> See, these are good ideas. These are quality yes. ideas. Yeah. If you guys like, look, if you want to watch Power Slap, like if it's for you, watch yeah, it. Like, it. I'm not going to say you're a terrible human being, but like, if do it's you for think? you, cool. Yeah. If it's for you, it's awesome. But the, it should not be something, yeah. it shouldn't be on all the UFC platforms. And, like and as I said, it. as I think I said on your heck of a morning show once, Mike, when I called in, like, I covered that media day. All the fighters are interesting, into, or quote unquote, like the slap people, the fighters, whatever we fight, the athletes, interesting guys. Like, a lot of them are just like, hey, I like martial arts. This was offered to me. I like making money. Like, so be it. Like, if it's just not for me, it's just not yeah. for me. If you like it, cool. Cool. Do your thing, man. Yeah. If, if, if you'd rather go watch, if you'd rather go to the Apex and watch the Power Slap event and not go to the hotel, and watch and the UFC, that's fine. Like, that's totally Dana's, fine. To the UFC's credit, like, they are really using, like, everything is like the media days and stuff all coincide with UFC stuff. So it's like media is there to cover the UFC and then like power slap is there. So, and if we ever want to talk to Dana, like I bet after a while, Dana only does media after power slap stuff. Yeah. It's very possible. It's very possible. Uh, All right. A couple more. Um, 10 out of 10 rant, Mike. 10 out of 10 rant. I'm just, He's I knew it was going to come up at some point. I've been holding that in. I was like, someone's going to ask me about the stupid thing, and I'm just going to unload. So hopefully this... Well done. We, we pumped the brakes for a minute. Uh, Usman Aragomedov is a minus 2,500 tonight. Is he really? Where? Where? Yes, where? against Benson Henderson. What? Oh, where? Well, on what is side? he really? On what side? Holy so, cow. I will say DraftKings, the only site, the betting site that uh, fans of MMA fighting and the MMA Hour should be using. Code the MMA Hour. <laughs> Uh, right now, minus 1650 Jesus. Usman and yeah, plus 950 nine for Benson Henderson. But I think the heart of the question is whether it's plus 16, whether it's my, oh, sorry, minus 16, minus It was minus 2500 this what? morning. I will say that. It was. Would this be the biggest betting upset ever mathematically? Like, what was Ronda Holly? Like, Ronda was like minus 1400. This would be um, up there. Oh, I think, big, well, I think my man Big Tuna might have the, one of the biggest Bellator oh, yeah, ones. Huh? My man Big Listen. Tuna. All I'll say is Bellator. Oh, I, I always say if you're gonna like make some money, Bellator is the way to go. Normally it's an undercard. Normally oh, it's yeah. a random undercard fight, not one of the main yeah. events. It's like some undercard, some guy they're pushing who's like three and zero, and he's like a and his opponent's like a plus twelve hundred underdog. You know, you throw five dollars in that guy. There you go. You got you got yourself a free like, what, that weekend. What was um? It opened at minus eleven hundred for Usman. Yeah, That's and how the lines open. Benson right now is on DraftKings plus nine fifty. So again, that's I, like what Shayna Dobson was like plus nine fifty, wasn't she? This is, and this that's is, like yes, this is Shayna Dobson. Oh, uh, what was the, who was that woman? Agapova. Arena Agapova. <laughs> Holy cow! Her former UFC champion, two-time Bellator title contender. 
uh, it's yeah, Benson. it's if the question is asking is this disrespectful? Yeah, it's incredibly disrespectful. And I think Usman's amazing. I think we've all said Usman could be a top five lightweight right now. But um, listen, if this goes to a decision, Benson has won some funky ones, man. I mean, that's just the way his fights go. He's he's really never out of a fight. You know, he finds ways oh. to to he knows to he knows how to win MMA fights. Uh, you know, maybe that hasn't been the case more often than not over the past whatever five years. But for him to be plus nine fifty underdog, almost plus one thousand, that's that's a lot. So that's hey, funny. guys, don't bet on MMA. But if you do bet on <laughs> MMA, five bucks. Five bucks. I this, this and we don't know like how much longer we're gonna get Benson Henderson. If he wins, obviously he has the tournament. If he loses, I bet one more, maybe in Arizona, because yeah. then he he said for a long time that once his wife Maria becomes pro, like that's a wrap for him. Yeah, I think you said he has like two or three more fights on his deal, and then that's mm-hmm. pretty much gonna be it for him. So, uh, to- what a crazy moment that would be if he oh. if he beats Usman or Magomedov. <laughs> I really like that. That would be stunning. That'd be pretty damn Benson stunning. Has- Terrible comic book opinions. Great human being. <laughs> Jericho 21 in the comments says that he went from plus 1100 to plus 950. So a lot of money. Wow. A lot of money has already come in. Uh, wow. so, sorry, guys. You guys, missed, you guys missed the plus 1100. That's oh, the, you know, shoot. Guess the- I can't bet on this card then. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pat Downey was minus 16 to minus 2500. Oh, That's right. That is a good one. Uh, I, yeah, look at those undercards. Uh, look at those prelims, guys. Look at those prelims. You're looking for value. Because you just never know what can happen in MMA, and I tell you, keep fading some of these like massive, massive, massive favorites. Eventually, you're gonna you're gonna make enough money to to I don't know again be happy, get yourself a stake. There's, this Bellator card is really, really good. I mean, it's, oh, it's really, great. really good. It's Alexander Shabli versus Tofik Masayev is oh. is such a good fight. It's, in my opinion, like I the main event's interesting. Jan versus Davalishvili is interesting. Shabli versus Musayev is my everything this weekend. I'm so excited for that fight. That's my favorite fight of the weekend. And no one's talking about it. Flying under the radar. Five-rounder. Uh, first lightweight Grand Prix fight. We got, we're got we living in a world, gentlemen, where Michael Venom Page is fighting Goichi Yamauchi. It's just, I like it. It just, it's, it's a fun world to live in. It is a mm-hmm. fun world to live in, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Goyito Perez is on, the, is on the prelims. And Barza- Mexico's own. Against Enrique Barzola. Peru versus Mexico. Hello. Mm-hmm. There's not much, there's not that big of a rivalry there, but I still like it. Mm -hmm. Do we have any more questions? Uh, Goyito is like the nicest man in the world. Mm, Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Lots of MMA. Lots of MMA to get you excited. Uh, Bellator is going to kick off in a couple hours, but tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, for the prelims for the UFC card, 6 p.m. main card. We'll have a people's pre-fight show, 2.30 p.m. Eastern. So get excited for that. It'll be myself and Jed Mishu, where takes will fly. And then post-fight show after that. And then, AK, you and I are back on Sunday for some matchmaking. Uh, back to the old school podcast listeners submitting their picks. Mm. And then it's onwards to UFC 286, which, Jose, you're going to be there, right? You're going to be in London? So Leave Sunday, baby. Let's go. So, and we, of course, will have all your coverage for that. So, enjoy a very busy and fun weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. For AK, for Jose, I am Mike Heck. We'll see you tomorrow. Media Podcast Network.
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.